I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I have flown like all over the world. Like literally one trip, I did an entire circumnavigation of the globe because buying one-way tickets was cheaper than buying round trips, but yada, yada, yada. My dad had a job at Delta Airlines when I was in college, and because he had that job and because I was still in university, I took full advantage of the free flying benefits that came with it. One of the great things about being single and in university and being young is that you can fly basically anytime you got a break, which is exactly what I did. After university, however, I was still hooked on traveling, but I didn't have the money to continue to pay or the time because I had a full-time job to continue to do all the travel. One thing in the midst of traveling, whether in university or as an adult, that has never bothered me has been jet lag. I know a lot of other people have a hard time with it. In fact, every time boss man Glenn James flies over from Sydney and he comes and he hangs out in America, he wenches for days about the 16-hour time change. But for myself, from Sydney to Singapore, from London to LA, jet lag has just never been an issue. Until this week. This week, jet lag has attacked me like never before. I've just arrived back in the States after three weeks in Portugal. Portugal is only a five-hour time change from where I'm based out of. But the time, this trip, I brought my kids. Kids. My boys, ages two and five, must have inherited their mother's genes for jet lag because while I'm doing prep for this episode, it is four in the morning, which is actually two hours later than these hosers let me sleep yesterday. So this episode will probably not make any logical investing sense. And you probably won't feel bad for me after spending three wonderful weeks in Portugal, but there is a point why I bring up jet lag. Surprisingly, over the last few days, getting up at 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., I've actually had a lot of time. I've actually been really productive. Yesterday, I was looking at the clock. I was like, it must be two in the afternoon. And it was 9.30 in the morning. By not sleeping, I've actually become a production machine. And that's made me think of a few things. I like to sleep. I want to sleep. However, I like production. I wonder if there was a machine that could do things while I slept. And that is today's investing idea. The greatly hyped artificial intelligence investing crazy that is sweeping the globe in 2023. What metaverse was in 2021, artificial intelligence is in 2023. But I really don't know anyone who's still using the metaverse. But I know a lot of people that are trying out chat GPT. So let's take a closer look at AI today. How will it affect you in your regular life? And are there areas that we as retail investors should be looking for opportunities? You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. Okay, the artificial intelligence boom of 2023. Is it all hype or is it here to stay? I think that really depends on what you're using it for. Certainly college kids are trying to use it for every term paper they're required to produce, and professors are using it to try to figure out which students are trying to use AI to cheat. In late January, however, in the real world, the business world, 
the world that affects our investments, BuzzFeed announced that it will be using AI to help create content for its popular website. According to CNN, BuzzFeed said that it will work with chat GPT creator OpenAI to use artificial intelligence to help create content for its audience. This is a big deal because if you can use a computer, if you can use artificial intelligence, something that you might pay a cheap subscription for on a monthly basis to write content as BuzzFeed needs, this tells the investing world that there will be less employees needed at BuzzFeed and therefore bigger profit margins at BuzzFeed. So on the news that BuzzFeed was going to start using AI, Jonah Peretti, the company's co-founder and chief executive, told employees in a memo that, quote, you can expect AI-inspired content to move from research and development stage to part of our core business. He then elaborated that the technology will use to create quizzes, to help brainstorming, and assist in personalizing content. BuzzFeed, from now on, will use artificial intelligence for quizzes and like some of the small stuff they use, but according to the CEO, they will still be using real people to write news stories. This is a quote from the spokesperson. To be clear, we see the breakthroughs in AI opening up a new era of creativity that will allow humans to harness creativity. Why do they say creativity so many times? In new ways and with endless opportunities and applications for good. In publishing, AI can benefit both content creators and audiences, inspiring new ideas and inviting audience members to co-create personal content. Yeah, 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 yeah. Enough of the talk. Where's the money? Well, guess what? BuzzFeed, when they announced that they were going to be doing this AI-generated quiz stuff, the stock skyrocketed 150% in one day. They made the announcement. They say, we're using AI. The investors say that's probably going to lower costs and increase revenue, and the stock went up 150% in one trading day. Media industry leaders have increasingly said that AI is going to revolutionize the media business. And while BuzzFeed is the biggest digital content creator to move to implement the new open AI technology, there are many other people that have followed suit. There's a company called CNET. I don't know if you've heard of them. I use CNET when I'm trying to find a new phone. Like, is the Google Pixel finally better than the iPhone? You know, it does like reviews and stuff like that. So CNET recently used an artificial intelligence tool to help write their stories. But the process, not so bueno. With a number of articles that they had put out and published, actually had to be taken down because they needed corrections. It's pretty funny. In a note published last week, CNET editor-in-chief Connie Guglielmo apologized for the errors and said the new process had been put in place to prevent errors going out in the future a.k.a. they probably need a human to read the AI content before they publish the AI content. But she also said the outlet is not shy from using AI, and they will continue to use AI going forward. Guess what? The Associated Press, the AP, one of the largest, most trusted news sources in the world, has been using AI for 10 years for different little aspects. So I think people are correct when they're talking about AI changing the way media presents, and it's only going to get more and more and more utilized. So as I was thinking about this at four in the morning, as these ideas are popping through my head, I'm like, man, is my, is my job on the line? Like, I know maybe some people might be using AI to write their content and then they just read it off a screen and they sound robotic. And then that clicked on me. It's like, oh yeah, like you still need a voice. You still need somebody to actually read the content and no one can replace my wit or my humor or my cleverness. And then I came across another story on CNN. And this particular reporter 
He's got an Irish accent. His name's O'Brien. And he called his mom using an AI voice. And then the story goes in, it talks about how AI is replicating voices. So maybe my job is in trouble. Let's give it a quick listen. There has been an explosion in fake audio and voices being generated through artificial intelligence technology. This is an AI cloned version of Walter White's voice. This is an AI cloned version of Leonardo DiCaprio's voice. All you need is a couple of minutes recording of anyone's voice and you can make it seem like they have said just about anything, even Anderson Cooper. We've come here to UC Berkeley today to talk to Hanny Fareed, a digital forensic expert, about just how easy it is to put words into other people's mouths. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> sure. But it's also really scary. I think once you put aside that gee whiz factor, I don't think it takes a long time to look at the risks. This is Wolf Blitzer. Hanny Fareed, you are in the Situation Room. That sounds That's good. Yeah, that sounds That's pretty good. good. By uploading just a few minutes of me and some of my colleagues' voices to an AI audio service, I was able to create some convincing fakes, including this one of Anderson Cooper. Donnie O'Sullivan is a real piece of shit. Well, well, well. Maybe my job is on the line. Because previously, the AI voice has been terrible. You've seen it on TikTok. You've seen it on Instagram. Everybody's using like that computer-generated voice. That's, that's AI reading text. But this program, this program actually, it does a pretty convincing Anderson Cooper. The guy goes on and says that it does, doesn't do his Irish accent well. But I don't know. It sounded pretty convincing for Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper. Maybe there will be a Nick Bradley AI soon in. I will be just another lost, jobless soul working at McDonald's. So if I can be replaced at any moment by a robot, the Terminator might be coming for my job. I'd better figure out how to make some money now before this dumb technology ruins me. So let's look. Let's take a dive into a few ways we as retail investors can tap into the AI craze with our investments. On a previous episode this year, I mentioned how Microsoft had a huge investment into chat GPT. So obviously... Microsoft seems like an easy introduction. Most of us have heard of Microsoft. We're familiar with what they do as a business for the most part. After their huge success, Google tried to copy them. And by the way, these companies have been using AI for a long time. It's just now getting really popular. I think with crypto going crazy in 2020, 2021, with tech stocks just like going bonkers and then just getting obliterated in 2022, I think people are looking for the next hyper-growth technology that will drive the markets forward. And I think that is what AI is being coined as. So Google, who's had this AI for a long time and they've been working on it, now that Microsoft's getting all the hype and people are going to Microsoft for the AI answers, right? Well, ChatGPT is like the Microsoft. Google has their own little hype bot. It's called Bard, B-A-R-D. I don't know who's naming these things, but they need better names. Well, at a BARD launch event, BARD failed to answer some pretty simple questions that Google had put forward. And Google shares got obliterated. AI can giveth and AI can taketh away. In fact, the day that the AI blunder happened to Google, Google lost, listen to this, 100 billion with a B in market value. Numbers are hard to fathom. Oh, $100 billion is a crazy amount of money. That is the GDP for a lot of countries around the world. These are the types of days that ruin hedge funds, at least hedge funds who have naked options out and can't afford to cover their risky investment. I think some people went out of business because they had options on Google. Google went down 9% in one day and boop, you're out of business. But 
Google had already been beaten down over the last year. The stock had already lost 40% of its value. And earlier, since October 2022, it had gained back 15% of that. And then in this one day, bam, down 9%. At the time, I actually had some cash-secured puts on Google. I was assigned the stock at a price of $99 per share. I was forced to purchase Google for $99 per share. And the stock price was actually only trading at $92 per share. Not my best move. But in the long term, I think Google is a very good buy at $99. So I was willing to enter into the cash-secured put options contract to purchase it at $99. And I think it's going to work out well over time. So Google, Microsoft, BuzzFeed, CNET, media companies, they're all generating some AI hype. But how can we make some money on this hype? After the break, we're going to take a look at what Forbes recently put out with. They have a list of their 10 best AI stocks to look at for 2023. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, welcome back. Let's get into this. Forbes list of 10 best AI stocks for 2023. Number one, Adobe. I'm not sure if these are in order of importance or like best purchasable stock right now. They just have 10 stocks and they don't tell me which ones are the best. So I don't think number one means the best. It's just the first one on the list, all right? Adobe. If you don't know what Adobe is, you don't know a graphic designer because Adobe created, I think, maybe the PDF or at least they were popular by giving the PDF to the broad market around the world. In 2022, Adobe announced new AI. It's called machine learning. And its capabilities include cloud-based products. And these advancements include predictive capabilities that are going to help sales and marketing teams around the world understand different facets of what their customers are trying to get. So AI should be helping Adobe in 2023. Number two, we just talked about Google and their AI chatbot Bard which is trying to function things like the chat GPT that Microsoft has, apparently just not as well. You're supposed to be able to ask a question to Bard and it will quickly assess, compile, and summarize information for you. Some see this as the next evolution of search. I don't think Google can really capture much more of the market share. Like there, I think 91% of all search is done on Google. But I don't know, if you can make it easier and easier, it might lower the cost for that search to come from Google and therefore increase their revenues. So AI could help Google increase their search revenues in their bottom line. Number three, Amazon. I know you might think that Amazon is just the company that delivers your dog's food to your door, but 
Amazon is actually a huge company in cloud-based. Their Amazon Web Services, AWS, is a big moneymaker for Amazon. And the e-commerce giant also uses AI in its online store to make product recommendations. And everyone knows Alexa. She's a virtual assistant, and she will start be using and being powered by AI as well. So Amazon, Alexa, all the Echo devices, AI listening to you in your home, think wisely. That's all I'm saying. Think wisely. Okay, number four, Baidu. Ticker symbol, B-I-D-U, Chinese company. It's a huge tech company that operates the largest search engine in China. They're basically the Google of China. In early February, Baidu announced that it would launch its own AI chatbot in March, which, at the time of this recording, it's March. The chatbot known as Ernie in English and Wixian in Chinese is used as the language model Baidu has developed internally. And Baidu has been investing in AI for years. And like Amazon and like Google, Baidu also has cloud computing that they need AI to help with its various capabilities. Number five, C3AI, ticker symbol AI. C3AI provides a SaaS, which is a software as a service applications. And it develops and it deploys large, huge companies for enterprise scale applications and offering these SaaS platforms. They've got it. There's so much business jargon. Okay, they're a software company that you have to pay each month or each year to keep their services going. And they specifically work around financial services and oil and gas. They're partnering with Alphabet. They're partnering with Google's cloud infrastructure. And C3 AI, ticker symbol AI, might be a company worth looking into. That's all I got to say. I don't want to go through all the other business jargon that I pulled off of the Forbes article. Let's get to number six, IBM. You know, IBM used to be one of the largest companies in the world. They're still on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. They're known as one of the dogs of the Dow, which means people don't really look at IBM for high growth. They think they're just going to be this big dividend stock and this huge mega complex that's kind of spitting it out. But IBM has been working with Watson. Watson was the computer that IBM built a long time ago that you may have first heard when it won a chess competition against the best chess players in the world. Well, Watson has been improving over the years, and the portfolio of Watson AI solutions is now vast and wide. IBM, over the last several years, has made many AI acquisitions, purchasing two or three different AI companies to boost their technology. So AI coming to IBM is like via purchase and via acquisition, which is fine. Microsoft is purchasing ChatGPT. They didn't create the technology. IBM's thinking, hey, if Microsoft can do it, we've got a ton of cash. We can do it also. Rather than reinvent the wheel, let's just buy some companies that have already done it. Number seven, Micron Tech, ticker symbol MU. Micron Tech makes high-performance memory storage. They're basically shrinking what used to take an entire room of a computer memory into the size of your pinky nail. And it's using AI to power its solutions. It's making specifically chips, and its products are being used in data centers that are using this AI technology. So as the AI industry grows as a whole, the demand for Micron's technology should be more thriving. Number eight, Microsoft. We talked about Microsoft and how they invested in OpenAI. That's the company that developed ChatGPT in 2019. They invested $1 billion in ChatGPT. Like these numbers just get so out of hand, a billion dollars. It's a lot of money. So they would like ChatGPT to make their, what I think is a very mediocre search engine, Bing, more competitive to Google. So their huge push is to steal some of Google's 
search market share. If they can capture like 5% of search, if people use Bing instead of Google, that would be huge revenue numbers coming back to Microsoft. And that is their main driver for AI right now. Number nine, NVIDIA. NVIDIA is similar to Micron Technologies. They're producing chips and they're working with different companies that are using AI platforms. So as AI again continues to grow, people are going to look to NVIDIA to make the chips to make their AI actually work. So NVIDIA is like a beneficiary producer of the AI chips. Finally, number 10, Oracle. If you're not in the business world, you may not even remember that Oracle is a company anymore. Like Oracle was a huge name that survived the dot-com bubble uh, burst of 2001. But a lot of people haven't really thought about Oracle for a long time. But Oracle is still in the cloud computing infrastructure business. They're still doing software. They're still doing hardware. And they are buying AI companies up. And they're developing some AI companies. And they're working with NVIDIA as they expand their AI. So Oracle is still trying to make a presence for themselves. They're still ringing that bell. They're saying, hey, don't forget about the little guy. And it's hard to call Oracle a little guy because they're a cash cow. They have tons of money. And they can buy basically about anything they want. Now, I didn't tell you, and the article didn't talk to us, about the price of some of these stocks. Some of them are, like Microsoft, is $300 per share. And some of them are maybe in the lowers. And the video used to be in the 300s. So if you're looking for a relatively cheap or at least affordable stock and you're trying to get in it's not really the ground floor because this company's been around for a while they had huge hype in 2020 and then they kind of came back to earth and now you can get palantir ticker symbol pltr for like 10 or 11 dollars us per share and palantir has been hyped by people like kathy woods who starts and manages the arc funds they've been said to be like the number one future ai super software of the world Right now, governments are about the only people that can actually afford to use Palantir's technology. But apparently, Palantir was somehow involved in the role of capturing Osama bin Laden in 2011. So that's kind of how they got on the radar of a lot of people. Palantir went public in 2020 and recently, just recently, reported its only and first profitable quarter, which was at the end of 2022. So that's good. If, if a hyper-growth company is starting to actually make money, that could drive more investors to their stock, and at $10 or $11 per share, you could get in on like the new ground floor of what could be a very profitable stock in the future. Look, picking stocks can be difficult, and you should not just run out and buy any of these top 10 that, because Forbes or myself or anybody else puts a list out. You need to look into these companies, how they make money before you invest your money. You want to know how a company is going to capitalize on an idea like AI before you just throw money at it. A lot of people threw money at Palantir a couple years ago, and now they've got a stock worth $10 that they spent $40 on. You do not want to be that person. And if you don't want to pick one particular stock, there are ETFs based around AI that you can research. Here's four quick ones. Bots, B-O-T-Z, holds 43 global stocks that are all AI-based. Robo, R-O-B-O, owns 80 different AI stocks. I-R-B-O, diversifies in 118 holdings of AI-based stocks. And then finally, ARK. ARKQ, which is a Kathy Woods company, she has between 30 and 50 companies that are developing AI type things. So those are four different ETFs you can look at if you don't want to be doing individual shares, but you still want to tap into the AI craze. So is AI the future or is it going to be looked at like a flash in the pan technologies that have failed before, like the Chopomatic or the, I don't know, the waffle maker. Does anyone have waffle makers anymore? 
things that were supposed to change our lives that we don't even think about and don't use anymore? Or will AI be here for a long time? Will AI be running basically all of our jobs in 10 or 20 years? We don't know. But it does seem right now that there is a wave to ride of momentum and looking into investing into AI might be at least worth a little bit of your time. But ultimately, it is your money and it is you that needs to do the research before buying. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license.